Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Our senior leaders aren't as conversant or fluent or competent or confident on social media as our American competitors are. And I think particularly the the legacy, the older generation, are the ones who are more anxious or timid about jumping in with socials. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Really excited to, to get into this episode to share the conversation I had with my guest today. Um, but before I jump in, I wanted to just send out a quick thank you, shout outs, really appreciate all the comments, thoughts, feedback that I've been receiving from all of you about celebrating my 100th episode, which is, by the way, coming up in two more weeks, two more episodes. I'm still blowing my mind that I've come this far and I couldn't have made it happen without you. So thank you again. If you do have any thoughts, questions, or I'd love to hear from you in terms of what you'd like to see on the next 100 episodes, reach out to me via social media at TBLcast or, of course, send me an email directly to edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. This episode, my guest is Bob Pickard. He is the principal of Signal Leadership Communication, which is a social public relations consultancy exclusively serving senior executives dealing with digital disruption. Bob and I dive deep on topics on why it's important for executives, CEOs, entrepreneurs to have a social media presence, especially in times of crisis. We really dive deep about why PR is not just about making you quote-unquote popular. Maybe more important to, to build your image. Also in our conversation, you will learn how Bob was able to help Kia Motors go from an economical car brand to one of the most recognized reliable car brands in the world and why being a great communicator is important for leaders and what the top two social media platforms are used by CEOs worldwide. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in Go to slingshotvoip.com to learn more. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Bob. Thank you very much, Edwin. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you. Um, but before we get going into some juicy conversations about you and your and your your background, I'd love it, Bob, if you could actually introduce yourself to our listeners today. But uh, tell us who you are and what you like to do when you're not leading businesses or business executives. Well, I am a busy dad raising as a single parent two young children here in Canada. And I, I lived overseas for 20 years in Asia, in places like Japan and Korea, Singapore, 
uh, United States as well. And I, I brought my kids home to raise them as Canadians. And that was really important to me. And it's allowed me to do what I've been doing professionally for 28 years on a Canadian platform here in Toronto, which has really changed. This used to be like a, a, a colonial outpost or, a, or just a burg in the world of PR. And now it's an alpha city that punches way above its weight. So I'm I'm really happy to be living here and to be doing my my profession from a, a Toronto position of uh, excellence. I mean that that that's amazing. First off, hats off to you um, for raising two lovely children. I'm sure on your own because I am a I'm a I'm a two and a half year old father, Bob. So I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> between between my wife and I, we when one of us are not around, we're just like. Man, people who are raising children on their own, they are like superheroes to us. <laughs> so, so hats off to you and I really commend you and and I love hearing, you know, being in Toronto, being in Canada is is something special. Um so uh thank you for sharing that. Well, it's a really special place uh and it's it's changed so radically over the years. I've been doing PR across the world now for 28 years and the role of the Canadian practitioner in the global public relations world has has really set a standard of excellence. The Canadian can travel effortlessly around the world, um, and our talent exports well from Toronto throughout all these different international networks because Canadians, you know, they have a, a greater sense of, of of their world mission. They aren't um, into just their own culture. They think internationally, and they have networks and connections and a way of doing things that sell well right across the globe. I mean, that's that's super interesting. And, and I'm, I'm such a proud Canadian, born and raised, and I always, I always wave the Canadian flag. And, and a little short story, which I probably never shared on the podcast before, but I remember when I launched this podcast, Bob, I was like, I'm going to get the best most amazing business leaders in the world. Like I was thinking to my mm. head, you know, Elon Musk and I, and all these folks. And, and I'm like, but why don't I just start here in Toronto? We have amazing business leaders right here in Toronto with amazing organizations. And, and sort of that's, that's how sort of a little, my secret, uh, secret sauce to how my, my brand grew is, is because the folks in Toronto are internationally, uh, set like the organizations that they're leading they're everywhere right the well i would say well from generation x onward i would say i would say certainly this next generation the problem with the canadian market though is that there's a a very small minded parochial way of thinking that afflicts a lot of the boomers who are still in positions in commanding positions of corporate power and they are the laggards when it comes to what we're going to be discussing today, when it, when it comes to signaling their leadership on social media, when it comes to dealing with digital disruption. I, I think there's been a real generation revolution here in terms of uh, how minds have opened. And there's this whole uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, cadre that, you know, all of these people in the technology sector, uh, well, your, your, your entrepreneurialism is a signature example of this. Um, people who think bigger than Canada, um, who, um, well, I look at Wealth Simple. You had you had Michael on your show, you know, opening up capabilities uh, in, in different English speaking markets, not just thinking domestically. 
So I, I think I think there's a real change going on right now, and there never has been um, such an entrepreneurial energy here in Toronto and in Canada as there is today. Yeah, it's it's great. So I wanted to get into into sort of your work right now, Bob. So if you could just uh, introduce your company, tell us about Signal Leadership Communications. Um, tell us your current roles, responsibilities, and perhaps. If you can, <laughs> try to tell us what you're trying to accomplish over the next 6 to 12 months. Sure. Well, the company I lead, Signal Leadership Communication, it's a new company that I founded with my very good friend and school chum from many years ago, Nick Nanos, the, the famous pollster. Nick is the pollster for the Globe and Mail and for CTV News. And when I lived overseas, Nick and I always thought that when I came home one day, we'd we'd get into business together. And it's kind of interesting because public opinion, which a pollster has traditionally measured, you know, surveying a thousand Canadians about what they think, is now really lived out real time on social mm-hmm. media. You know, you can you still do election polls, you still find out, you know, what percentage of the public's planning to vote when, where, or the other. But when it comes to social media, you know, it's like this social operating system where the emotions of the moment and the sentiments of what's happening right now, uh, that is a, that is able to give you the ability to communicate and to do PR with the public in a way that's never been possible before. So my firm, Signal, is a PR firm, and we are the only one that is exclusively serving chief executive officers. We only work with CEOs and the C-suite. Because in this country, there's a tremendous development challenge. Our senior leaders aren't as conversant or fluent or competent or confident on social media as our American competitors are. And I think particularly the, the legacy, the older generation are the ones who are, are the ones who are more anxious or timid about jumping in with social. So the job of, of signal at a very senior level, my firm, Nanos and I, we go in there and we talk to CEOs and we talk about how the risk to their company is much greater now if they are not on social media compared to them having an active social media presence. Because in the past, a lot of them chickened out. A lot of CEOs were afraid to be on Twitter or LinkedIn even because they they thought, well, I could make a mistake here and I'm not really familiar with it and our compliance regulations are strict and I could get in trouble with my company's lawyers. Well, now we realize, and I think Trump, you know, love him or mm-hmm. loathe him, uh, he, he ha- and, and Musk for that matter, um, you know, again, a, a very strong split opinion. These, these leaders have shown the uh, amazing power of social. And Nanos Research here in Canada did a poll of 1,000 Canadians, and we found out that I think 84% of Canadians say that social media is now the number one danger, number one threat to a person's or a company's public image. I mean, in the past, during Internet 1.0, there was all this cyber utopianism about all the great things that social media could do, you know, inform people, unite people, you know, build a group consciousness. Well, now we know all the things that social media can do in a negative way, you know, whip up a mob, for example, or spread disinformation or, or smear people in positions of public leadership. And it's that fear uh, of, of, of getting hurt on social 
that has kept a lot of this country's leaders from getting on uh, to the uh, platform of their choice, be it Facebook or Instagram. You know, a few of them are are very active on Twitter now, and we're trying to we're trying to give them the confidence and the competence to to go out there and signal their leadership and communicate with all of their stakeholder constituencies using social media. That's our laser like monomaniacal focus as a business. I mean, I mean, that's great. And, and I love that type of work. And, and I know with this platform where I speak to many C-level C-suites, a lot of them are asking me, you know, um, you know, how do you do that? What, what do you talk about? And I, I ended up doing a couple of sessions as well. So it, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, I always talk about if you're going to be anywhere, you probably need to be on Twitter <laughs> at this point. And I'd love to hear what you think about that when you talk to these to your customers or your your friends in terms of the social media because there's so many out there uh so many platforms i mean there's a handful that you probably need to be on but well what do you think is the number one platform that the c-level should be on right now if they had to choose one the leader should be on twitter twitter is where all the journalists are the mainstream media and other stakeholders who are um not not followers but leaders in their in their trade or in their in their domain, and I think the the possibility of Twitter for listening, for sharing, for broadcast, and for knowing what's going on uh, right up to the moment that's very important for executives. Let me just give you a bit of an anecdote to explain why I think Twitter is where it's at. You may recall a few months ago, Starbucks got into trouble in Philadelphia. There was a racially charged incident in one of their stores. Do you, do you recall that? I do remember, yeah. My, I mean, my wife works at Starbucks, so... <laughs> I oh, is that right? Okay. It, it definitely comes it gets close to home when, when it's that brand. Well, they stumbled and they came out quickly with a corporate apology. It was a contrite statement, but it was kind of plastic and boilerplate filled with stock phrases mm-hmm. like you know it was uh, from the communications take, department it was from the old style pr department yeah um where it, it was it, you know it was all cleared by the lawyers and it was too careful too contrived it wasn't sincere and it didn't really uh, strike the right emotional chord and it was from the company as a thing it was not from a person it was not from the ceo now, public outrage grew. They, the online communities who were following this issue, thought that Starbucks hadn't said sorry sincerely enough. And so they forced, a few hours later, the global CEO of Starbucks, Kevin Johnson, to come out on video to say just how really sorry Starbucks uh, was about the situation and to talk about how they would take all these different actions to make sure that such a thing could never, ever happen again. Now, they, they turned on a dime. They got off to what looked like a, a PR disaster start, but they recovered the situation by rapidly deploying the CEO. People don't want companies to communicate like machines or things these days, especially now that we're seeing brands taking stands. Um, you know, a company can't act like a machine. It has to act like a person with a personality, a character, you know, a way of doing things, a likability, an engagement. And so uh, among the Fortune 500 CEOs in this world, the latest one to open a Twitter account because he learned the hard way, he dodged the bullet on this crisis by coming out on TV and through video 
what is Kevin Johnson. He opened his Twitter account just in October. But you also see the new CEO of Airbus. Um, that that's that CEO. He's on on Twitter now. The new CEO of Air France. She's on Twitter. The new CEO of General Electric, GE. He is on Twitter as well. So I would say for most CEOs, um, there are two places to be. If you want to communicate and signal your leadership and 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 be active out there, especially if you're dealing with digital disruption, Twitter's the place to be. But I would also say for most of them, you know, having a LinkedIn platform is de rigueur as well, because a lot of people on the Google page one, you know, they want to they want to find out that biographical information, you know, at a glance. And not all these folks, depending on how big the company is, are in Wikipedia yet. Yeah. So the, those people really should be there with some with with more information about themselves. I mean, I mean, and I totally agree in terms of the platforms um, that that you had mentioned, and and in terms of like leadership signaling, um, you know, the CEOs being on social media to signal their leadership, and obviously, the Starbucks case was all about reputation management, and the people nowadays in the present, they know an organization is an organization, but it still has no personality until the CEO talks right like this is like we know how organizations run it doesn't matter what your brand feels like if coca-cola put a statement out um you know about family or or try to solve a a crisis you'd still want to hear from the ceo because <laughs> we all know the brand is just a brand which is a machine right right well when yeah. something goes wrong in a crisis situation all eyes now go online looking for the leader you know, is she on or he on Twitter? Where's the CEO? Mm-hmm. Um, and people want when they want to find out what's going on right away because they want to tag them, right? Like if 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 you're on social media and you see a crisis, I'm going to want to look for Bob, CEO Bob, and tag him and say what's going on, right? Absolutely. So the key thing from a PR perspective, when something does go wrong, is to go out there and establish the command of the news cycle and be a first mover, so that people will get the information of record of uh, uh, trust from the company or from the CEO who's communicating right away. And that also the CEO, by communicating um, his or her emotions of the moment, um, they can you know, cement a connection with the people who are following them. I mean, it used to be when there was a, you know, an explosion at the factory or a plane crash or some corporate scandal of some kind. It used to be there'd be, uh, you know, a company would issue what they would call a holding statement. And it would have some canned phrase about, well, we take these matters very seriously and we're investigating the situation and we're cooperating with authorities and uh, we will be holding a news conference uh, at X date to... Shortly. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. and in the meantime, the company would scramble to figure out what's going on. And now the company, rather than trying to, uh, you know, show that it's in command or in charge, it will show through social media in a highly courageous and transparent way what they don't know there's been an explosion at the factory we're trying to get to the bottom of the situation if you have any uh, uh sources of information if you're close to the site you know dm us or send us a reply to help us to help us track things down um i i think the uh, real-time flow of crisis communications means the ceo has got to be out there now there, you could look at the look at the companies where there's a PR disaster. Look at United Airlines, for example, when that mm-hmm. passenger was dragged off the plane. Yes. Um, 
Oscar Munoz, the CEO of United Airlines, is not on social media. That was a PR disaster. He had no ability to communicate directly with the people who were so angered by that situation. But even technology executives, you know, uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, remember Cambridge Analytica? Mm-hmm. He stonewalled. I mean, even though he created the most powerful social network of all, you know, he stonewalled for uh, hour after hour and, and, and days and, and finally came out uh, and did an interview on CNN to talk about how really sorry he was. And so my point here, Edwin, is to say that to know the technology, to know the features of a social network in terms of how it works, it's not the same thing as being a good communicator. They are strikingly different things. So what uh, my firm Signal focuses on is teaching leaders how to use social technology to communicate effectively uh, so that people will will do and think what we want them to do and think. And it's not that's not a scary or manipulating kind of thing. I mean, we just want um, people to realize that it's a reasonable proposition uh, to get people to do what we want by, by just being who you are. You know, and when I say get what you want, like, you know, understand what the company is doing, you know, see our point of view, um, be aware of the action we're taking. These are all reasonable things that, that we're asking people to do through social media. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, I love talking about this topic. Um, um, and I'm sure, Bob, you and I could take this offline and, and talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but I wanted to to change gears now and put a little focus in terms of your career and your leadership abilities. And, and, and I mean, you mentioned it. You lived around the world. You held leadership positions. Um, and now... You work with a lot of leaders, but yes. I'd love it if you could share, you know, a personal personal decision. It could have, ideally, it's a difficult decision that that you had to make throughout your career um, that allowed you to personally grow as a business leader. I think the decision to tell a chief executive what this person really needs to know about the truth of their reputation. That's, that's actually a very hard thing to do. A lot of people in the world of PR are sort of like, you know, yes men or heel clickers or folks who just sort of go along with what they're told. Mm-hmm. But to, um, to be a real uh, senior practitioner of the craft, to be a real PR executive who, who executives, um, who C-level C- CEOs respect, you really do have to tell them what's going on fearlessly. So I've had to tell people, well, for example, one of my clients was once Kia Motors. I did their global PR in South Korea when I lived in Seoul. And I did a survey of a thousand world media. And I asked them one question. When you think of Kia Motors, what is the first thing that comes to mind? (laughs) This was about 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, the first thing that came to mind 15 years ago was the word cheap. Everyone said cheap. Kia Motors is uh, the producer of cheap cars and of, of low quality. And it was an overwhelming, almost a consensus sentiment. And at that time, actually, Kia was really starting to make cars that were much better, which they felt had the power to surprise, which became their corporate tagline, actually. So I had to go and tell the executives that the world media think that your cars are cheap. And bearing in mind the Asian uh, culture where uh, face is very important, um, you know, losing face, maintaining face, building face, you know, that was a very hard thing for me to do as a foreigner 
in an Asian country. But they respected me because I told them the way it was, and they made decisions. They, they, they hired their very first global PR agency. They put millions into marketing and communications to spread their story, to, to change that view, that reputation of Kia Motors. And they wouldn't have done that if they hadn't heard some really tough and maybe unwelcome advice from me. So I felt proud of that moment, but actually I was kind of scared at the time. It was, um, I, was, you know, I was afraid I might lose the business, which was very large at the time. Hey, how's it going? How are you liking this conversation? Not sure about you, but I was really in tune to what Bob and I were saying, just really understanding where the business leader should be and what they should be doing in the social media landscape. If you have any questions, comments, or any feedback, or maybe something is hitting home, I'd love to hear from you. Join me on my Facebook group where I discuss these topics. I also share exclusive videos, daily insights. I'll answer your questions and also connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for The Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. Bringing unfortunate news to your boss, whatever position you're in, whether it's a customer or you're you're a middle manager, like how long <laughs> did it take for you, Bob, to to present that information and how did you do it? Well, the way to do it was to get numbers, to do research analytics. In a lot of large multinational corporations, decision makers are engineers mm-hmm. or, or accountants. And uh, you need numbers. Uh, uh, and the nice thing about living in a social media age, as we are now, is that digital, by its very definition, is about, is about data, about numbers. So you have to go in there and you've got these proof points. You've got evidence to back your claims. I mean, it used to be 20, 30 years ago. In my business, and that gives you a sense of how long I've been doing this. Right. You know, you you would just go in there, and it would be your opinion versus the chief executive's opinion, and he'd say, "Well, who says so?" And <laughs> it would be it would be much harder to say, "Well, uh, I have this proof." Well, now that we have social media, we can we can definitely show them exactly who's saying what, and you know what's selling, what's not, and you know, reputational asset. You know, companies that have a good reputation. They have higher stock prices. They can charge more for their products. They can recruit higher quality talent. So the stakes are high with a company's reputation. And so these are very important discussions for a company to have. And now, thanks to digital, we have all these tools that we never had before where we can convince executives, public relations, building an image every day and sustaining a reputation longer term, it's worth way more money than you ever invested in the function before. I mean, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that uh, that story. I mean, it's really fascinating. And, and even for me, you know, sitting here in North America and seeing how the Kia brand changed and, and I'm speaking to the very person who, who may have been <laughs> pivotal in that branding decision. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Um, one of many, one of many around the table. <laughs> um, Bob, now that you've had like these leadership roles and, and and you work with hundreds, I'm sure, of business leaders. Like, when you look at le- leaders, what do you think is the uh, the best or the one characteristic that that you think every every leader should possess? Well, the ability to communicate 
effectively and to, in so doing, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely, which is what Dale Carnegie wrote about in his 1936 book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, being a good communicator and being a good leader, a strong leader, have become almost synonymous for better or worse. So I think nowadays the communication action is all on social. So I would have to say that a leadership attribute, which has now become for this new generation, uh, absolutely a, a job requirement. It, it's, it's to have social media savvy uh, so that you can communicate um, online by being who you are, by sharing and engaging your everyday life as the leader with other people who feel like they have a stake in what you're doing and, and, and taking them along for the ride as uh, you know, to, to, to communicate with people at scale in a highly customized way where every individual who's part of that community feels like they've got an important connection with the leader. If you have that uh, royal jelly or that secret sauce as a leader, if you know how to do that, then you're really ahead of the game these days, I think. Quick question when it comes to communications and social media. For those who may, for those who may be listening, who is who may be... Uh, you know, an emerging business leader or see themselves rising within an organization. How important do you think, Bob, is social media um, when you're in middle management or you're new to an organization, but you're seeing and you're a very good communicator in internally and maybe with customer facing roles or whatnot? Do you think social mm-hmm. media is, is key to that person's growth at this point? I think for it, people who are looking for visibility, who are ambitious, who want to go up in the corporate hierarchy, they, they should be on social uh, to showcase um, their insights, their ideas, and their connectivity with their stakeholder communities. Now, of course, different companies have different kinds of internal networks and intranets and what have you where, where they could do that there mm-hmm. too. Um, but I would also want to emphasize for more of the middle management or the emerging crowd, um, you know, the newer leaders, you know, you, you should not just exist as a communicator on social media. You should, you know, ensure, and this is where the real sweet spot of PR is, that the online meets the offline. Use social media as a way to get FaceTime uh, to synchronize and, and to build deep relationships with a smaller representative sample of people um, so that you uh, you have that, that rubber where it meets the road and, and you aren't just sort of living this abstract um, click and point world o- online. You know, they, 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 you know, digital is cool, but it can be really cold, and nothing really replaces the the warmth of analog, face to face relationships. So I, one would supplement the other, I think. Um, now, of course, as a more senior leader, the more the more you know, a global CEO of a Fortune five hundred company, um, you know, there there are fewer opportunities for for that 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 FaceTime. So um, that's where it's more of a broadcast thing. But I think for those who are, are, are just starting out, um, it's important in many cases that, that they, they actually know the people who are behind the numbers of their social communities. Oh, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Thank you for sharing. Um, Bob, can you name a person who had um, tremendous impact to you as a business leader? It could be anyone, a mentor, old boss. It could be someone alive or dead, someone you knew or didn't know. Who, 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 who is it? Well, the CEO of the world's largest PR firm is a fellow by the name of uh, Richard Edelman. And Richard Edelman I've known for over 20 years. 
And he gave me my first opportunity to go to Asia, uh, to South Korea, and build up his North Asia business in that country, also in, in Japan subsequently. And he taught me the importance of what we call in the PR world, the relationship imperative. Um, when you look at social media in a digital age, and he was very early when it came to, I think, I think he's been blogging since 2004. Oh, wow. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's the Paleozoic era of, 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 of social media, right? I mean, that's, that's pre-Cambrian times almost. And he taught me the importance of um, building relationships with people um, uh, so that it's more of a peer-to-peer or horizontal thing. In the advertising world, it's like one-to-mass, top-down corporate monologue communications where it's all about selling stuff. So the number one lesson I learned from him is uh, social uh, media, public relations using social media, it's not, it's not about e-commerce or transactions. It's about relationships and building relationships with people, even when you don't want something so that there's trust longer term in the quality and in the value of the relationship, just for the sake of the relationship itself. I think that would be the number one lesson I learned from him. And he remains a mentor to this day. Oh, that's great. Um, so definitely shout out to him <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully he gets to hear that in real, in real life. Um, but, um, but I'll make sure he sent, he gets a copy of the link here. <laughs> um, is there anything that you're doing, Bob, that might uh, that might be new to the listeners out there that that helps you continue grow as a, as a business leader? Well, what we're doing right now is we're introducing something called the Signal One Thousand, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in the PR world, there aren't a lot of products. You know, there aren't a lot of wrapper, shiny wrappers, and it's not. PR is kind of an intangible consulting business, like management consulting. So what we're doing right now is we're, we're asking new leaders, okay, together, when you hire this company, my company, um, who are the top 1,000 people whose opinion about you will determine your future business success, whether or not you're going to be successful? Now, we have the Signal 1000, we have the Signal 500, and we have the Signal 100. So it depends how much they want to spend or how big they are or how, or how many stakeholders are important mm. to them, especially for the publicly traded companies. You know, we've got investors, we've got shareholders, analysts, uh, you know, we have investment bankers and lawyers and um, huge list of journalists, employee notables, unions in some places. So we look at, at these relationships, we map them, and then we will create a, a three-dimensional plan where we uh, basically design custom communications programs so that each of these people, online or offline, uh, will receive the leadership communication of the CEO so that they invest uh, faith in that relationship and follow actively what's going on with the company through that connection. Now, I got my first exposure to this sort of work when I was at Edelman, actually. I was working in Japan, and Carlos Ghosn, who unfortunately is in jail in Japan now um, uh, for uh, alleged corporate malfeasance, um, well, we, had, we had a program for him called the, um, the uh, Carlos Ghosn 500, and these were the 500 relationships that we thought were most important to go in the CEO. And that was really um, the first time I was inspired to create 
a, a stakeholder-centric uh, offer like this. And Signal in Canada and just for CEOs is using the same kind of capability that I, I learned in those days. But this time it's, you know, we're armed with this huge social media arsenal that we, we didn't have a few years ago even. I mean, that's super cool. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm interested in that stuff and I'd be happy to. And that, that's a program that uh, you're managing now, right? Through, through your organization, Bob? We're just bringing it through in the first quarter of this year. We're, we're just launching that capability now. Very cool. Um, we'll definitely post some, some information of that on the episode page and anything that you'd like to share, let us know. Is there any, anything that you're currently reading uh, right now, Bob? Well, I just read a book called The Reputation Game, and I would highly recommend it as one of those books that, that PR people uh, or anybody interested in persuasion should read. Well, I also read a book called Contagious, um, also the uh, uh, book called Hitmakers. I've read three. I've been reading about why things go viral. Okay. And I guess just to summarize, the idea of image and reputation, a lot of people think that it's the, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. A lot of people think Im- image equals reputation, synonymous, but they are very distinct things. And so, you know... Image is something, it's a picture that you frame of yourself and it's, a, it's out there every day through your social media stream. So it, an image can come and go. It's kind of a disposable thing. So the role of PR is to, and, and your job, if you're building your own brand, um, your own leadership brand or personal mm-hmm. brand, is to think of the image that you project to others. And I mean, you know, what you wear how you use your voice, your hairstyle, your intonation, the different ways that the different touch points of communication, you know, do you give speeches? Are you on social networks? You know, how do you meet and greet the public? The whole, every, every single way that you interact with other people, we, we do this, this image making for ourselves every single day. And the sum total of what we do in that respect every day becomes over time, uh, our reputation. Reputation takes longer to form, and usually there are two kinds of reputation. There's a competence reputation, and there is a character reputation. So, uh, for example, there's a Canadian company called SNC-Lavalin. It's an engineering consulting giant based in Quebec. And, you know, Canadians, for the most part, really think that that's a highly competent company. So they've got a strong competence Mm -hmm. reputation for being a multi-billion dollar engineering powerhouse. But unfortunately, they've got a very low character reputation because a lot of people think that it's a corrupt oh. company. You know, they've been they've been brought up on charges and there, there's a court case pending right now. So the key thing, and let me just boil it down to this, if you want to build a reputation for yourself, you have to think about um, your character and you've got to think about your competence. And it's like having two pillars to hold up the reputation. And if you're really good at something, if you have a high quality capability, then you should really double down and put the PR spotlight on that so that you can earn the capability reputation, the competence reputation. And if you um, have done good deeds, if you are socially responsible, if you're a brand that's taken a stand, um, if you've helped people, then there, there's an opportunity to expose the character asset of your reputation. So you just have to think about it. You have to break it down and, and, and analyze it 
into these different categories. Everybody in general has a, has a competence reputation and a character reputation. And the lucky ones have a strong reputation in both areas. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks for sharing. And, and I look forward to checking out those books. Uh, and I'll definitely list it out on the episode page as well. And, and uh, Bob, I'm, I'm cool. honestly having a blast. I'm learning quite a bit right now. So I hope everyone who's listening today is, is also uh, learning. But before we end... I'd love to get some of your final thoughts, Bob, observations, ideally some type of actionable recommendations that you could share with the emerging business leader who, who, who's listening today. Look, the number one thing for new business leaders is to just stop for a moment, stop doing and start thinking. You know, it's amazing the high percentage of senior executives, you know, younger, dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, cocksure you know, they're, they're out there doing stuff and they're all activity and they're all tactics. And they may have a business strategy, but you know what, Edwin, precious few of them have actually stopped for a moment and meditated and reflected on their image and how people see them, how people see them today and how they want people to see them tomorrow. So public relations, you know, isn't just some, you know, mindless business of making yourself popular uh, by by you know, being nice to people. It's a strategic management function. And it requires that you actually think about how it is you want to relate to people so that they will do or think what you want them to do or think to secure your business objectives. Every business has X number of people, especially in the early days, uh, where, you know, those people will determine the extent and speed of your success as an executive and as a, as a new business. And so you really should, when you, when you build your business plan, and let's face it, I mean, a lot of business plans, they, they, they just, they, they, they're weak when it comes to communications. Um, they're weak when it comes to PR. They might be strong on marketing. Okay, well, here's how we're going to advertise. Or, yeah, maybe we'll put all this money into, in, into programmatic or here's our social spend. But they don't think about the um, key opinion leaders or the influencers the ones who are uh, the uh, initial community of people who are going to decide whether or not uh, that company is the one to watch or not. So this is my one one piece of advice for that group of people you mentioned. That's great. Um, to close, Bob, can you tell us where we could find more information about you, your company, or anything else you'd like to share with us today? On Twitter, uh, my handle is at Bob Pickard, B-O-B-P-I-C-K-A-R-D. Uh, that's where most of the activity is that we're discussing. And uh, my one thought for people is that if they're ambitious, if, if they want to use social media um, to take their communications to the next level, then there are some excellent and, and new sources of capability in the marketplace. My firm's one of them. And they should think big about what, what they can do. You know, Social media isn't just about selling stuff to a mass audience. It's about building these relationships we've been talking about during our discussion today. And that's where uh, I think people, if they really th- think about it, can, can make a big difference to, to their new company as they get it off the ground. Well, that, that's awesome. This was an amazing episode, amazing discussion, Bob. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Well, thank you very much for your interest, Edwin, and all the best to you and your listeners. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. 
This was episode number 98 with Bob Pickard. If you want to learn more about Bob, Signal Leadership Communications, or anything else we discussed, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 098. And if you're looking for an easy way to keep up with the news, check out my friends at pressnews.com. Their daily email makes it easy to follow the news. And they also have a podcast that comes out every Monday. It's a 10-minute update on the news you missed over the weekend. Just look up Press Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And lastly, if you haven't done so yet, I would love it. I would appreciate it if you subscribe to this podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Please like and review it as I'm coming to my 100th episode. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Well,